Hello, tech and business aficionados. Chris Hobbs here, president of TTT Studios, where we make the software magic come to life. Welcome to episode seven of the Afternoon Tea Podcast, where we talk to entrepreneurs and leaders in the tech industry about their journeys towards success. Our guest today is Casey Lau. Casey co-founded Startups GBA and is the co-host of Rise the largest tech conference in Asia. Normally, Casey lives and works in Hong Kong, but with COVID, has returned to his hometown of Vancouver. So let's chat with Casey. But first, if you like what you hear and there is no reason why you shouldn't, please don't forget to rate and review us. Heck, I think you should even subscribe. So now, let's listen together. Casey Lau, thank you so much for taking time to be on uh, Afternoon Tea. So just let me give a quick introduction, please. Casey is a startup connector, ecosystem community builder, and international tech conference host. Casey co-founded Startups GBA, an organization that empowers the community of the Greater Bay Area's internet and mobile startups by hosting conferences, events, and meetups for entrepreneurs in the tech space. Casey's also the co-host of the world-renowned RISE conference, boasting over 500 plus speakers, 16,000 attendees, and people from over 100 countries, rightfully giving it the title of the largest tech conference in Asia. As if Casey needed more stuff on his plate, he's also currently working on a new mobile entertainment startup and hosts two podcasts, The Hyper Room, which focuses on pop culture, and Sandwich Society, where he talks about digital entertainment and media tech. Casey, welcome and thank you. What a mouthful. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> well, when you do a lot of things, it gives me a lot of great things to talk about. So so, so, I, so I appreciate that to begin with. Now, now, Casey, you are originally from Vancouver. That is correct? That's right. Were you born here too? I was born here, yeah. But you've done a lot of the great stuff over in Asia, like in Hong Kong. Yeah, that's right. I moved. I left. Uh, I left Vancouver after school, and I've spent most of my career in Hong Kong. And I usually just come back to Vancouver to see my parents who still live here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But are you now a little bit more permanently in Vancouver? Um, well, uh, yeah. For now, with the pandemic, I guess that's the main the main source of holding me back here right now. Um, I did, I came back because uh, the uh, the pandemic had, uh, you know, starting to get bigger and bigger there in Asia. And I, I, I lived through SARS and I thought, well, yeah. you know, this stuff isn't gonna come over here. Like SARS didn't really come over to Canada too much. And lo and behold, it was crazy to see what happened. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Dr. Bonnie Henry, she's doing a great job. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if anybody's causing trouble here, it's the same kind of people around the world, right? So in Vancouver, at least. So I think we're, uh, we're doing pretty well, and I feel pretty comfortable. I had a lot of anxiety when I first got here, because mm-hmm. uh, you can imagine being around a billion people, uh, you know, Wuhan, Shenzhen, and all the videos of the border going crazy. I was just freaking out. So coming to Canada was a, uh, you know, a nice getaway. And then, of course, we had the collision conference that I was coming to do live in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a month later, it was uh, turned to be an online event. So yeah, it's been like that. But yeah, I'm definitely back here, and we're here to talk today about... Uh, you know, what uh, new opportunities there are to coming back to Canada and bringing startups from Asia back to Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's lots of exciting opportunities here. So I'm definitely looking at putting my roots back down here again. Great. Um, that's definitely in the cards. Um, I definitely think my trip to uh, Toronto and doing work with Collision there in the last couple of years, uh, planning that conference has really opened my eyes to what's happening in Canada. 
um, in this last short while, I guess. I'm not even sure. I, I'm just going to, I don't know. I, I'm going to put it up to like Trudeau is doing most of the work there um, to open the doors. Cause I don't remember a lot of this stuff coming back and forth, hearing anything going on over here you know, um, besides uh, like Hootsuite. <laughs> That's the only thing exactly. I ever heard of. Exactly. But you know, you know, to touch on collision, cause I, I actually thought that was the best show I'd been to. Um, well, I guess it was last year's, but that was the best show I'd been to. And I do a lot of shows. I was blown away and I, I thought, oh, you know what? There's a lot of Canadian startups here. You know, maybe it's not interesting, but there's, it's such an international show. I'm talking to a lot of Americans and they were telling me how much they loved, you know, being coming up here, not because, oh, it's interesting, it's new, but because they had no idea how many startups existed in Canada. And this is a whole fresh market for them to tap into that didn't even exist in their mind. So, so I agree, you know, I guess because before it was in, I guess, um, was it in Vegas or in, um, oh no, it was Started in Vegas and it went to New Orleans, New Orleans, right? and then it came to Toronto. Yeah, so that's a, it's like a all the Web Summit events are like a, I consider them like Olympics of startup events, right? So whatever they move to city to city, and then uh, they just transform that city. And I, I'm really again, you know, it's all about Canada. We didn't just choose Canada; Canada chose Collision, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you saw, like, even the Prime Minister came on, did a video saying, "Welcome to Canada, Collision." I was like, "Whoa!" It was uh, quite a thing. And then, uh, though, you know, in Portugal, the Prime Minister and the President opened and closed that show. That's how big it is to the future economy of the country. And that's why I feel like if Canada really, um, you know, doubled down on Collision, then it's just an incredible uh, opportunity to spotlight the country. Because yeah, it's not a it's not a local event. People sometimes think, oh, it's in Canada or it's in New Orleans or it's in Hong Kong. It's a very very local event, but it's not. It's just it's a global event that takes place in that specific city because, of course, there's like a lot of vibrancy there, right? You know, you don't just choose Hong Kong because hey, there's a place to do it. Let's just do it there. Um, there's obviously when people come, they're like, wow, I never knew like Hong Kong was like this. I didn't know there was so much uh, finance in here, so many fintech startups. And then there's all these hardware companies here, because Gen's right next door. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like really about opening up the world. And I feel like, you know, we know I'm sure you've heard it. And, and I mean, being here in Vancouver, it's the same thing, right? I come back here, I'm like, wow, this place is so amazing too. Everybody thinks of the Valley and that's the place I gotta go. Um, and it's not like Hollywood where you have to go to Hollywood. I mean, even Hollywood's coming here too, right? Vancouver's <laughs> got everything now. So I feel like that's the, the biggest, uh, most amazing thing about Canada is that, and, and as you know, right, I've come here many times, I've gone to conferences here. People here are not like Americans. They're just like doing their thing. They're happy to chit chat with you and things like that, but they're not going out and telling people like, I mean, as podcasters, you and I, I mean, you're interviewing a lot of uh, Canadians, but I interview Americans and, and Canadians, and you can just mm-hmm. see there's a huge difference in the way they talk about themselves, about what they're doing. And I feel like that's something missing from Canada is like a lot of this more, um, you know, just chest thumping, you know, a little bit mm-hmm. more uh, brave, a little bit more bold. Um, and I mean, I'm not, you're not going to change a culture. That's Canadian style. Hey, that's how we are. It's, it's fine. <laughs> I guess I've been away for so long. I don't really have that. I never, people always ask me, are you American uh, when I'm in Asia, right? I'm like, no, I'm Canadian. They're like, yeah, you don't act Canadian. I'm like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but I, f- I feel like uh, I just kind of picked that up because I guess there were a lot more Americans in Asia that I, you know, hung around and you just can see that kind of, uh, um, you know, feel it's that kind of vibe they give out the bravado and all that the bravado yeah well i i i definitely dig that well you know web summit that to me is something that i've been trying to go to for three years and every time something happens where i actually can't make it and 
we were actually supposed to go to Portugal just as COVID broke out. I actually have tickets for it and everything. So I think every time I mention personally that I'm going to Portugal, something happens. And uh, so uh, we actually have a joke here that if Web Summit wants to exist anymore, I shouldn't plan on going because it's something I really want to. But the one thing that I've, I've always had tickets for and always wanted to go until I just can't make it is the Surf Summit. And the Surf Summit is very unique, I think. Have you taken part in that? It is on the coast of of uh portugal there yeah it sounds sounds crazy right there's a yeah there's a surfing event that happens right before the main event patty cosgrave is the uh founder and ceo of that company and to me um he's like the steve jobs of conferences this guy is thinking of every angle every corner you know i always tell the story like if you haven't heard it but he always tells it but i love you know retelling it it's like he even cares about the lanyard length (laughs) Um, of the uh, thing, right? If you go to any conference and you put on a lanyard, your name tag, depending on your height, it could be around your crotch, right? So how am I, how are people going to see this, right? But he specifically has an exact dimension for this uh, length for this uh, lanyard so that it's very high up. It's at eye range, eye peripheral range. So as I'm talking to you, I'm not looking to look down to see that your name is Chris. I can kind of just glance down very quickly and it looks like I knew your name all along and your name is the biggest thing on the on the on the um, badge yeah so it's easy to see exactly your name and well, because well, can of that he, can he solve one problem though which I always have at these conferences the fact that the lanyard is always backwards <laughs> every single time that's something that needs to be solved exactly yeah <laughs> and so because because the lanyard is so short it doesn't have time to get twisted that's another thing. You're absolutely right. So we do that as well. The next thing is, oh, do you have not enough business cards? It doesn't matter. We have QR codes on all the badges and the app that allows you to get into the conference has a scanner on it. Once you scan it, it has all the data. So you have your uh, name, phone number, email, everything. So as long as you have a connection with somebody that scans the badge, you never have to run on name cards, you never have to carry name cards, um, and you just remember everybody's name. It's a detail that Patty's uh, really put into the, to the all the events, and that's why it's really memorable and people always like look forward to attending them. And, I, and the good thing about it, it's like, you could go to the one in Canada, you can go to the one in Europe or the one in Asia. They're all very similar in, in terms of the design and the layout, but you know, the, the content and the people you meet are gonna be completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, so you feel safe. It's, it's like a Disneyland in say France or Disneyland in California, right? Then you, you know it's the same kind of, or in Japan, you know they're all mm-hmm. got Mickey Mouse, the layouts are similar to the same, but there'll be like a different vibe to it. And that's exactly what he's built. Um, around the tech conference, uh, you know, vertical. Yeah, well, he really took it into a whole new direction, didn't he? And I mean, I'm, I'm really impressed, you know, with Rise and the association and, uh, and again, Collision. Um, well, you know what, let's, let's go back in time a little bit. Do you remember the first tech conference that you attended and where was it? The first tech conference? Um, yeah, I don't, can't really remember the first tech conference, but I mean, I mean, I've been to many conferences before and so, I think the one that we put on ourselves in Hong Kong was the first tech conference I'd ever been to. Just basically the idea is you, uh, you know, you got some speakers, throw them on stage, have some booths. I mean, you know, that's the kind of thing. You know, Hong Kong trade show industry is like massive, right? We have that mm-hmm. huge convention center that is in all the photos of Hong Kong on the harbor. It extends into the middle of the harbor. It's a, a beautiful landmark of the city. And so, and there's a trade show going on literally every day for, mm-hmm. for 365 days a year. So I don't know what they're doing right now because, uh, you know, that's completely shut down. But that trade show business is, I think, one of the biggest businesses in Hong Kong. When we start seeing the Web Summit conferences, how different they are there and how much they take more care into that. But 
yeah, you know, that's, that's, uh, I guess the why I'm so like excited to be working with Patty is because uh, I put on these conferences in Hong Kong and I just did them the old fashioned way. Get some stage, get some people. I mean, if there's nothing like it before people appreciate it. Right. I'm like, everybody always thanks you for putting on the party, right? You go to the party. I had a great time. I met some cool people. I learned some cool stuff, but then, you know, as a startup, um, we, we, I mean, we're not even a business, we're not even doing conferences as a start. We're just doing it as a community service, mm-hmm. right? So we didn't expect it to actually be a business. But then when you look at it and you think of how to iterate on some of the things that are popular, how to, how to scale it bigger. I mean, we're not even thinking about taking these things outside of Hong Kong, right? Patty came to town and he did it um, using all the technology that he's built around the business. So, um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, we got, I would say some pretty good ones in the sense of traction is here. And yeah. actually, I just got, I just, before you, I was actually interviewing Ray Walia, who's the founder of Traction. And I thought it was kind of interesting, you know, they get to hear um, some of that perspective, because one thing that they've been successful in is getting really, really good speakers, which is why I think you guys have been incredibly as successful as well with Rise, because people want to be part of it. You know, they, 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 they recognize that that's a premium show. And it's, it's, you know, it's a combination of great business, um, great knowledge, but also great entertainment. And, you know, to, uh, that's, the, that's the thing that I think, you know, when I'm looking at Rise or, or, or um, Web Summit or any of those, when I'm, when I'm excited about, is who are the first speakers? And you almost want to hit F5 and realize, you know, refresh. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's a whole bunch of whole different new people, yeah. you know, from president of this and prime minister of that. And I mean, here's a question. How do you get such talent? How did you start, you know, that snowball rolling? In order to in order to get such great talent. Okay, so that's a that's a big. Uh, a lot of people ask me those questions as well. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest. It's not a secret. It's just that a lot of conferences are run by volunteers or a small group of people, so they're not mm-hmm. focused one hundred percent on that. So Web Summit has two hundred fifty staff um, around the world, and there is a complete speakers team that are amazing in what they do. Right, as you can see, just by the amazing amount of. Um, the speakers that they that show up, I mean, the Web Summit page hasn't been updated from you know, the internal. And when you see the next group of speakers, because uh, we only have 150 announced so far, right? We're going to have, what are we going to have? 800 something speakers. Yeah. Um, the, the ones that are coming up are going to blow your mind. And they're just like, you know, they're just an amazing group of people that know partly what's popular on top of the technology section. So, you know, you, when you get the CTO of Facebook, okay, the founder of Zoom, that's that guy's got to be there, right? That's like the mm-hmm. big, big story. But then who else uh, in the peripheral of tech is important, right? And that could be people um, outside of tech that are in media, that are in entertainment, that are in sports, um, and they know how to put these dots together. And so it's very interesting. So because when I talk to them, I, I learn so much about uh, sourcing, sourcing speakers and how to approach them and things like that. So it's definitely about that. Ted has moved here, right? I think mm-hmm. you know, the backdrop of Vancouver is obviously a huge selling point to people coming in for uh, that conference. But, but Ted, Ted's a weird one here because I would argue Ted is for San Francisco types still, maybe Hong Kong, you know, LA types, because when Ted's here, no one knows it's here. Yeah. That's the weird thing about Ted. It's so insulated from Vancouver. That's what I'm saying though about the conference. It doesn't have, it's not in Vancouver for Vancouver people or for yeah. Canadians. It's mm-hmm. here for everybody. It just happens to take place here. And yeah. the thing is, it could be in LA still. It could be in San Francisco. It could be in San Diego. It could be anywhere in California where people can just drive to. But they chose to bring it all the way up here because, well, Vancouver. Like, you know, you go to the convention center, you see the mountains. For you sure. can do a weekend here, go skiing. Well, I don't know if you, I don't know, I don't know what time of year it's in, but I guess maybe skiing is off. But you know, there's there's beautiful things to see here, and it's a way to get out and get your, and also focus your concentration. 
Well, that's and I and I love that, and that's again why you know again the surf summit to me was so important because I don't get to. I mean, I go to MWC, you know, in 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 Spain or, or uh, yeah, in Barcelona and all that. It's interesting. It's almost too much. But with the web summit, or the reason why I wanted to go to the surf summit is because that's when you're actually going to engage. Like you're there just to engage with people, and I want to know what's happening in Europe. I want to know what's happening in Asia, and this is the excuse to do that. And that's why I love these little extra things. Um, you know, I mean, we were talking about the traction conference again with Ray, and the thing that I love about that is it opens up actually at the um, Gross Mountain, top of Gross Mountain. So everyone that does come, here's Vancouver for you. You know, it really does kind of set the stage for the whole show. Yeah, it's good. There's also, I just met a guy up in Kelowna that has this conference called MetaBridge. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also very interesting, right? Kelowna, a lot of people have heard of it. Nobody really knows where it is. I mean, outside of, you know, Canada. <laughs> um, but if you go up there, even myself, I've just went there and I'm like, whoa, this place is amazing. So that's why in Toronto last year, we did it in, uh, I think we did it in, may and it was still a little cold at night uh so that's why i moved it to june this year if it had happened it would have been mm-hmm. a lot warmer and there's um you know a lot of great outdoor places th- things to do there and i remember last year i went to montreal after uh for the weekend and i was like whoa this is great too so there's you know this you just got to get them into the country and i think that the conference that we're running is more of a it's also partly for the tech side um and for business side of the country well the thing that i actually liked about collision because it was in may is that was the when the raptors went on their run to win it. So we got to be in Toronto because of it. So that was a win-win for me. That was another eye-opener, you know? Okay, I know Toronto has a team, but I didn't know that people in Toronto were so crazy about it. Like every <laughs> bar we went to, people were going crazy inside. It was, it was really, uh, we couldn't ask for a better time to have a tech conference. People from around the world don't even know what, don't even like basketball, don't follow basketball. Everyone was a Raptors fan when they left <laughs> the city after that. It was amazing. I went back and watched the finals in Hong Kong after that. I was so, I was so into it. I was like, I never watched basketball, but I was like, this is amazing. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, okay. So you, you travel the world speaking. Uh, I got some of your videos today, uh, doing a little bit of research. Um, where is the most interesting places that you've gone to go speak? Maybe recently or just in general? There's two ways of saying that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the interesting city to visit? Okay. Uh, right? And then what is the one, what is the place you go to that has a lot of um, uh, maybe more connection or maybe more business opportunities out of it? Sure, sure. Let's hear both. Well, uh, I mean, okay, well, that, I mean, doing the travel for the city, that's really based, based on personal taste, right? You can mm-hmm. go, I went to Tel Aviv for a conference and I'd never been there before. And I was like, wow. You know, again, I went there for the conference. I did the speech. It was super hot. I'll never forget it. Yep. The food was so amazing. And then I, on the weekend before I left, I took a, the bus tour to a Jerusalem mm-hmm. and saw all that. I'm not religious, but I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So that to me, that's like, a, that was amazing experience. But of course, I still think like, you know, when I go to New York, um, London, you know, LA, San Francisco, I mean, the typical places. I mean, that, those are the places where, it just has just attracted so many types of people that, and they all go there. Everybody knows it's easy to get there, easy to find hotels, easy to get around, language, money, everything's kind of the same. Uh, you just, feel, I feel like I just meet a lot more interesting people and I meet people from other parts of the world. Oh, very cool. Well, you know what, let me get into this um, collision from home, for example. Okay, so you had collision at home in the past June and that was your first virtual event? Yeah. How did that go? Like, honestly, how, how does that go? Does it feel the same? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Going to a live event, going, landing in Toronto, seeing welcome to Toronto, welcome to collision in the airport, you know, it's already you're like, okay, I'm coming to something, right? I mean, yeah, obviously there's a huge difference. 
I think, you know, the, the, obviously the serendipity of just meeting people in the bathroom at the, the collisions, uh, at the uh, buffet line, at the drinks, at the dinners. I mean, that's really what Web Summit excels at. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I wonder, are they making me go to this specific toilet in this convention center? Cause they wanted me to meet this guy that happened <laughs> to be there at the same time. That is how organized it seems when you go to the show. That's why I don't think I've never been to a show. And that's why you enjoy the show because you have never seen this uh, kind of, uh, uh, they call what well, they used to call it engineered uh, synchronicity or something like mm-hmm. that. Right. But yeah, so the live event, but the, again, at the same time, you know, how many more new people showed up to this event mm-hmm. uh, this year? You know, this collision from home. I know I, we had this thing called Mingle where you can uh, go on, say you're ready to go. So your camera works and everything like that. And then every two or three minutes, you talk to somebody new. So it's like um, speed dating, right? Speed okay. dating or as course, everybody likes to call it chat roulette, right? That's what I was thinking. Because <laughs> um, I wanted to see who was there. I met people from all over the world. I met these two girls startups from Mauritius. I was really? like, what time is it? They're like, it doesn't matter. We're so excited to be part. I'm like, yeah, I mean, and they're like, you know, we can't afford to come over or, you know, it's just not in our wheelhouse at this point, but we want to be part of it. We want to meet investors. We want to meet other startups and uh, see what was potentially there. And they were just having a great time. And I was like, yeah, so it really depends, right? Like, I guess mm. you and me, we're like uh, maybe old, older hands and we're like, yeah, we got to shake hands, pass out name cards and have a martini or whatever that kind of vibe is used to be. But the kids today... I don't think they care. I think they're hustling. They're going to mm-hmm. hustle. And, uh, and nowadays, you know, everybody seems to be ready to turn on this Zoom and start talking to each other um, as long as they can schedule it. And there's not a barking dog or a crying baby in the background. I think everyone's <laughs> cool with it, right? So I feel like, yes, it's not the same, but it's also something new. And mm-hmm. we did not, do, I mean, the way we built it, it's not, we didn't do a giant, it's not a giant Zoom room. It's nothing like this thing. We have our own, we have our own uh, uh, platform. We use the mobile app in conjunction with the website. So there was a lot of meetings going on, but you know, the idea is that we're all in the same boat though. The startup and the investor are, mm-hmm. it's not like one team can't see the other, like the investors are there live and the startups are not. Both sides are like this and they both have the job to do still. And so it's not like, it, so it doesn't seem that impossible that, it, that it's like this. It's just mm-hmm. uh, something that we have to get used to. And, uh, and Patty's gone on record to say it, um, and I've, I totally agree with them. It's going to be, they're going to be hybrid events in the future, right? Meaning that we will go back to Toronto next year, hopefully, uh, mm-hmm. but there will be an extremely strong component. Like it'll look like collision from home as well. So if you are in Mauritius or wherever, and you want to attend, you will get the same, same kind of, uh, experience you did at collision from home, but you can also have an experience live in Toronto. Um, if you want, it really, really up to you. And I feel like that's how you can scale it, right? It really depends on. Uh, you know, of course, what happens next year? Jeez. Everyone wins in that case. I mean, Toronto's getting a lot more, you know, seen, uh, the, the, the startups. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I, I, just before COVID, I went to, what was, what was it? The Founders Institute. It was one of the, one of the events down in San Francisco. Uh, I think it was Redwood City or whatever it was. Um, but I actually didn't go to one speaker. I, I thought I'd do a bit of an experiment. And I actually just sat on a bench. It was a lovely weekend. And I sat on a bench under a tree and every 15 minutes, someone sat on the bench next to me. And I said, hey, I'm the guy that's just going to sit on the bench meeting people. And I met so many interesting people that way. You know, but so I was going to ask you, how do you, how do you try to get, you know, that? But this mingle thing sounds like a really interesting way to do that, you know? So, yeah, it, it depends on like, uh, you know, the people coming to these conferences, they're all kinds of different people. 
are they coming to listen to the to the talks? But definitely to go to conference to meet people, right? Well, you've had, you've had you know the biggest people in the world, as we kind of touched on, at, at, you know, between any of the well, the three conferences. Let's just say, have there been any that you've had to either interview or talk where you just got you know star fucked, you know, just totally gazed, open eyes? How do I deal with this person? Um, I definitely will never ever forget the first year we did it in Lisbon. We had uh, the main center stage in Lisbon is in a uh, arena not a uh, convention center or anything. It's a 15,000 seat arena. It's where Justin Bieber will sell three nights out um, and perform in when he, when he goes to Portugal, right? The whole Portugal will go there to watch. Okay, I just chose Justin Bieber because he's Canadian, but you know, whatever, whatever, whatever popular act <laughs> hey, of the time. You can be a fan, is. come on. <laughs> um, and uh, that was at center stage, right? So, and it's full, it's absolutely full like a concert, except for the stage area where we build up the stage, right? They asked me to go on and introduce a Gary Vaynerchuk to the audience. On, I believe it was day two. And of course, it's a great time because the thing is absolutely packed. Everyone's waiting to hear from Gary. And then I come out showing a video of Hong Kong going, everybody come to Hong Kong. And uh, it worked. Though, but people were very excited because I'm like, come, if you come, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take you out for dim sum or something. And everyone's like, yeah. And I got a lot of DMs about that. So that was funny. But the main point is, um, okay, so when I finish all that, and then I'm like, okay, and now... I'd like to introduce our next speaker. The audience started going crazy. Like, it was like I was introducing the Rolling Stones. I was talking to Gary backstage. You know, he's just a normal guy, right? He's just like, but he's like such a driving force for a lot of young people today who are trying to be startups, entrepreneurs. He's just a new way of thinking, this guy. And uh, the, the, the feeling when I, when I announced, and the next, it's Gary Vaynerchuk the whole audience just started screaming. So imagine 15,000 people screaming at your way. There's a, a gust of wind coming towards you um, that I'm like, whoa, I just can't believe this, right? And he comes out, he's like, yeah, it's like I, like, like uh, Michael Jackson, Bono, I don't know, the Queen, uh, Prince, everybody just stepped on the stage. I've never, I've never seen that um, ever. And then people were throwing name cards at him. They were throwing his book at him, trying to get him to sign. Like it was, it was nothing I've ever seen before or since of any guy. Even when we have celebrities on stage, we had like basketball players. We've had all these super celebrities, but everybody's like pretty well respected. But Gary really does. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've seen his stuff and you've seen him on the streets, oh, yeah. uh, video of him on the street. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not uh, made up. It's real. He has a hardcore fan base. But I was not expecting you to say Gary Vee. I, I will be honest with you, that one surprised me. That one surprised me. We brought him, because of that appearance, I think he was super impressed with the audience. We got him to come to Rise, which was a lot smaller than, than Web Summits. But it was his first appearance in, in Asia, actually, when we brought him to Rise. And we had a, I could see, you could see everything stopped when he was on stage. We had to open another stage up um, for seating room to watch the video of him speaking in the next section. That's how exciting it was to, to see him. So. He definitely brings the goods. And that's what people want to do when they come to these conferences. Cool. Now, now I've got a very dangerous question for you. This, this, one, this, one, this one can get both of us in trouble. Okay. Dim sum. Where's better, Vancouver or Hong Kong? <laughs> yeah. That's, I don't know. Will that get you in trouble? I don't know. That's a good question, though. I have not had a lot of dim sum yet in Vancouver. Oh, you're missing out. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's like, uh, well, it's funny because whenever I come here to see my parents, I never eat Chinese food here because I'm going to go back to Hong Kong. So why would I eat it here, right? <laughs> and I have a lot of friends like that too. They're like, when I come to Vancouver, I'm here to eat uh, Granville Island food and stuff like that. I'm not here to eat uh, Chinese food. I'm going to go back. But the local people eating here, but the stuff I've had so far, I've been very impressed by, right? Um, I think the uh, ingredient level here is more, uh, is better. 
I think that maybe the chefs here a little bit more, you know, bold. I'm going to try something a little different. I'm going to put something different inside of it. Um, I just saw this new place in Kits open. It's like a dim sum and craft beer. Okay, that's not really going after the Chinese crowd, but it's like, wow, can you imagine if that opened in Hong Kong? I don't know if that would even fly there, but here it could be, you know, a popular place. Let's regroup on this question in a little while, but definitely um, – uh, that's my big thing. I'm glad you asked that because that's one of my, that's like my favorite food in Hong Kong. Anybody who says, anybody from overseas comes to town, I'm like, okay, listen, we're going to, we're going to dim sum. We're going to yum cha right now. That's like, well, where's, where's the, because I, I was doing dim sum last year in Hong Kong and love, and honestly, I loved it. I mean, I love it here too, but I did love it. I mean, the, the pumpkin, whatever it's the pumpkin pockets or whatever, it was just so freaking good. <laughs> right, right. And now, uh, oh, where was that? Um, I can't even remember where exactly that was in uh, in Hong Kong, but it was so good. Where's where's the best place in Hong Kong that you go to then? The, so I can go next time. Oh, I will give you a, a long list. But a long uh, list. last <laughs> time we had La Rise uh, last year, um, I found a new place. It was it's like the biggest place in the main center area near the convention center where we host Rise, and they're the, one of the last places that push the carts around with the food mm-hmm. on it. Okay, I'll have that. I don't know what it is. We'll just try one of each, right? Um, so that was good, but it's like, you know, red dragons, gold dragons, like that kind of really Hong Kong kind of place. Right. But it's good fun. It's good fun. And it's good fun for people who come from out of town and for chit chat. And, and it's just a good, it's just a cool kind of like food. I think that people like, well, you get to, you know, you get to sample a little bit of everything. And that's, that's what I think I love about it. Right. And, you know, it's, it's a lot like, it's a lot like Indian food in the sense of you might be ordering say a paneer tikka masala but in every single restaurant, it's totally different. Like, it's almost like you're ordering something that's like, is that really what I just had? Dim sum can be the exact same way, yet they've been cooking it, especially in Hong Kong, for, you know, 100 years at that restaurant, the same. Yeah, yeah I definitely, one thing I've definitely noticed being back in Vancouver over the past few, few months is that there is, uh, I mean, obviously, the joke back when I was in Hong Kong, we used to call it Hongcouver, mm-hmm. right? Everybody, everyone loves that one. That one's like, it's so old that it always works, right? Everybody giggles at that. But then I come back here, it's not really uh, Hongcouver anymore, is it? It's like Asia. Every Asia is here. I can see Japanese restaurants, Korean restaurants, Thai mm-hmm. restaurants, Vietnamese. I see everything and I've been to a few of them. They are delicious. It's not like they're making it for Canadian taste. They're like, uh, like you know, you go to California and there's a lot of these Chinese restaurants, they taste like American Chinese food. It's not very good. But here they're like, no, we're just going to make it the way we know it. We don't care what the Canadians think. And yeah. then eat the best, right? Oh, you, you know, it's funny because I have um, American clients, I guess, before the, the, the closures. American clients coming up and I remember we had one. Great guys, great guys. And the first thing they did, we took them to uh, one of the, the royal Chinese restaurants. And the first thing they did is they got their, you know, the, the, the steamed rice, the bowl, and they just grabbed the soy sauce and just start pouring it on and I'm looking I'm like is it 1982 all over again like I haven't seen anyone do that in decades but yeah it's a it's a bizarre way but you know what I guess it's good that way right <laughs> your face says it all though <laughs> well you know I got I got I got a last last question for you because you know what you touched on on Stanley and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, I collected comics ever since I was a kid too and you know which is the greatest comic book that you ever read or series, mini series? Which would that be? Putting you on the spot. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. It's a hard question. I guess you're going to have to always point to the, uh, one of the top three books. So that's like Watchmen, mm-hmm. uh, Dark Knight Returns, Returns and yeah. American Flag. These are the three 80s comic series that uh, defined comics. It's, the, it's like a, the, the pinnacle of it right mm-hmm. uh, everything before like stanley started spider-man it's kind of childish it's you know it's still good but it's like early stage and then somewhere in the mid 80s it's just the the, the um those 
kids who loved Stan Lee when they were little kids are now adults mm -hmm. and they have pushed the medium to the next level. And you get something like Watchmen, which mm -hmm. is like, if Dark. you read it, it's like crazy. Like who, who's writing? It's not a comic book. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a book mm -hmm. with pictures, right? Um, an American flag. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever read that. It's not one of the famous ones, but it's uh, by a guy named Howard Chaikin. And he talks about everything in that comic came out in the eighties is happened today. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a, total prescient uh, st a story, science fiction story about the police, about uh, freedom of speech, about um, the internet, about the media. It's crazy. When you read it, you're like, when was this written? Was this written yesterday? Like, no, this is like 25 years ago or 35, sorry, 35 years ago. Um, so definitely in those uh, mid eighties, those comics are to me, I've read them. I read them when I was very young, probably too young to read them. So I remember, I'm like, I don't really understand them. But as you get older and you revisit mm -hmm. them, you're like, whoa, this is like, you know, people who read a Batman or watch the Marvel movies, mm -hmm. like you haven't seen anything like you have in these, uh, these three graphic novels. And they're oh, yeah. still in print today and they're still available on Comixology, the, on the iPad apps and stuff like that. So you can yeah. always access them, which is so great. But uh, yeah, those are my things. Um, well, those I are think, my I mean, three favorite graphic novel comics. If anybody asks and hasn't read any of those, those are the three I go to. Oh, well, the, the Dark Knight Returns. I mean, that was what Frank Miller, I think, was the first uh, the first uh, artist on that one. That one just blew me away, you know. And then I got into his Wolverine and all that just because of, yeah. Let's just call it That's a right. little bit more of aggressive dark style uh, than than your typical. But uh, hey, Casey, honest films that all the films you've seen since have all been have all come from that from that graphic novel, right? The Completely. way he made it seem so realistic and. Uh, so gritty uh, that uh, people are like, oh, because remember the last time you saw Batman, he was on uh, TV and Adam West was playing him, right? <laughs> the Batuzzi? Holy moly, Batman. <laughs> yeah. The Batuzzi. Yeah. All that stuff. So can you imagine if people had only thought of comic books like that, like for little kids and kind of like dumb people <laughs> or something? And then all of a sudden here, take a look at this Frank Miller comic and you're like, what is going on here? So I feel like, but I feel like it's weird because the comic book industry has basically, um, you know, been living off of those three books for 35 years because I don't you know you don't really see it haven't moved up like you can I couldn't tell you another three books that were that um influential on pop culture and mm. uh in the art form today right I mean uh, a lot of people are looking at the uh, Japanese comics now as as being the ones that are kind of defining the next generation like kids today are buying those black and white you know those little manga books that are yep. everywhere mm -hmm. everywhere so people are not growing up with Spider-Man anymore other than the movies they're reading going out there and spending their own money. Like we would go to like the 7-Eleven to buy, you know, Batman. Now they're going and buying uh, whatever's, whatever's out there today, right? Like um, uh, Demon Slayer and these kind of new books that are just like crazy, crazy, crazy popular. Yeah, no, I hear it. And some of them could be weird. I remember I was, I was in Tokyo just, and I got, a, I got uh, uh, for my roommates, this is way back when, I got a, a gift for everyone, except for one, one of my roommates who didn't speak English so well, originally from China, great, great guy. So I just quickly grabbed one of those Magna books and got it to him. And he said, did you see how perverted this stuff? I had no idea that that was in there. I felt so bad, but then I know Jack and it's like, ah, you, you're fine. <laughs> It's <laughs> quite interesting, right? In Japan, is like their their comic book uh, reading uh, uh, nature is so amazing. People read comics that are about golf, mm -hmm. right? So that means people who play golf read comics about golf. Like, there's no golf comics in the West, right? And, and if there was, would anybody read them? I don't know. It's just kind of <laughs> weird. But in Japan, that's like a whole like industry. 
We, you know, in, in Korea as well, because my wife's Korean, so we're, we're there a lot. And they'll have like, you know, how we have like internet cafes or kitten cafes, you know, like they have, the, they have the magnet cafes and it's like a library. You just go and you order your coffee and you read the, you know, they have hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of them on the wall. And it's just the place to go and read. And they're so popular. Well, we, we need those things here with Western ones. So you can go there and read an entire um, thing. But I guess, yeah, I don't know. That's, that was always my dream. If I was open a comic book store to open a comic book cafe as well, that would be the thing cool. uh, to That'd do. Cool. Yeah. Well, well, Casey, you know what? Honestly, I could do this all day. This, this has been so much fun. Uh, th- thank you. Thank you so much, uh, you know, for, for your time. And also it's, uh, um, thank you for reflecting on, you know, your time back in Vancouver. I hope that you, uh, I hope you get to learn a whole bunch of more startups and exciting things while you're here. And you know what? Cross pollinate that, you know, learn, learn, take it to, to Hong Kong, to, to Europe, to all these places. And, uh, you know, let's, instead of we're mostly we're focusing on a small community, you, you get to be focus on the big community and, uh, you know, keep, keep that going. I think that's awesome. Yeah. That's a, a kind of a side thing I'm working on right now is helping to bring uh, startups in here from Asia mm-hmm. using the start visa program. I feel like there's a lot of opportunities here, uh, for Kenya, for uh, Canada to welcome these new tech entrepreneurs, and I feel like uh, you know you don't need to like America is not an option with or without whoever's in the White House. I feel like uh, the talent pool here, uh, the uh, the lifestyle here. There's so many great things about it. So I think it's about people like yourself doing this great podcast, highlighting the great entrepreneurs and founders, listening to their passion, listening to their drive is very very important. So you know that the business mindset is here. People just don't want to go to a place where people are like thinking of, I don't know, farming or oil or I don't know, whatever people think of Canada when they think of Canada. I want them to think about this is a high tech country and that if you go to the right pockets, you'll find like minded people and that's what you want. And if you have a family, your family will have a great time here. There's a lot of nature. There's a lot of hiking. There's snow. There's seasons. There's all (laughs) kinds of great stuff. And then there is a, a future for yourself here. Uh, even outside of tech, but you're also close to tech. You're close to, we're close to Silicon Valley. We're close to the East coast. We're close to every, yeah, exactly. We're up big. Mm -hmm. The biggest tech companies are right there. Three hour drive from here. Um, But you know, and then Vancouver and Canada will have a lot of big tech companies. I mean, look at Toronto, man, Shopify, Mm -hmm. all these companies are blowing up like crazy. Mm -hmm. I I wrote a piece recently. I write Mm -hmm. a, a monthly blog post for a TechCouver uh, the website there on ecosystem, mostly about, you know, me developing the kind of bridge between Asia and Canada, but I want to kind of take that and leverage that out, see what the ecosystem's like around Canada, but also be able to bring in people from Hong Kong, China, Japan, Singapore into the Canadian ecosystem, set up offices here, hire staff here, do a lot of work here that will allow them to access the North American market because a lot of startups in Asia do look at North America and they really just do it from there because they know it's there. They don't know there's an access point here and that there's drive, there's money, there's talent here, there's lifestyle here. And this is something that I'm working on. So that's why I'm very grateful that, that you have this podcast that is doing part of the job for me to tell people like anybody asks me, oh, who else is out there? Yo, afternoon tea, check it out. Listen to these people, what they're doing, what they're saying. Um, and uh, you know, start to build this kind of thing up where Vancouver becomes this really bold place um, that people were like, oh, I got to check this out. Because, yeah, I don't want people to ask, oh, where's the greatest Chinese food restaurant here anymore? They're like, where's the best co-work space that I can set up an office here? Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Casey, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Thanks, Chris. I really okay. appreciate you reaching out to me. And uh, it's great. We, we, I don't, we met, like, I think last year or something like yep. that. So it's great to, for us to, like, uh, recapture. And I'm glad you're doing this podcast. Thank you so much, 
Hey, Afternoon Tea listeners, if you got this far, I assume you like this episode, and that is awesome. Thank you. In such a case, please rate and review Afternoon Tea Podcasts and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever the heck you get podcasts from. Afternoon Tea is a new podcast focusing on the business of technology in Canada. We do have some great guests lined up for future episodes, but we would love to hear your thoughts on who we should be speaking with too. If you'd like to email us, please do so at podcast at ttt.studio. That is P-O-D-C-A-S-T at T-T-T, that's three T's, dot studio, S-T-U-D-I-O. You'll notice there is no dot com because we are that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us on social media at T-T-T underscore studios. I look forward to chatting with you soon.